Welcome along to a brand new edition of Grand Slam KBO. This is a midweek show, and from now on, on this particular show, we will talk about all of the amazing things about Korean baseball. Not what goes on on the field, but more the fan experience and what exists in the stands of every KBO ballpark in Korea. My name is Andrew Farrell. And I am Brad Denay. And you heard right, we are making a podcast somehow about everything that right now Korean baseball does not have. Uh, so, so welcome. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, as you know, from our Sunday edition of Grand Sam KBO, we basically review what's happened the previous week. We review the best upcoming series. And then we also talk about some of the major news stories in the KBO from the last seven days or so. Trades, new players coming in, uh, anything really. But from in terms of the midweek show, we are not going to be doing that. It's more talking to fans, talking to former players, hopefully talking to some current players too journalists and everybody's involved in Korean baseball about what the experience is like of either watching a game here in Korea or even just playing a game here in Korea. It's something a little bit different from the weekend show. 100%. I mean, this is all about how, you know, we found Korean baseball to be what it is and how, you know, I was a football supporter, loved my team in London, and suddenly I found myself in Chungshul Stadium thinking that baseball was the silliest sport ever. Who cares if a guy can throw a ball? And now look, I mean, I'm almost as shocked as you are. Uh, talking about baseball on a podcast, finding out everything that's special, it pretty much just hooked us in. And, you know, we're going to talk about why. So why are we talking about this then? What is the difference between this and a weekly show? And are we, is there a particular type of audience we'd like to attract for this show? What, what are your thoughts on this? I think the exact audience that we want to attract is us maybe two and a half years ago for me. I don't know how many years ago for you, to be completely honest. It's, you know, getting to know the league, but also kind of like that. I don't know. I keep on thinking about fishing. I don't know why. Basketball, for some reason, all the players are fishing. So fishing's on my head. I suck at fishing, but it's on my mind. And the whole thing with fishing, you know, you need your bait. I said you near, but yeah, you need your bait to kind of get that fish. And the experience and the atmosphere of KBO games, it's the bait. It's 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 what makes it special. It's the seasoning on any meal. So you know, that's that's why at least I think we are we are focusing on this. If if you have a different idea, then maybe we've made a mistake. <laughs> Um, but this is just our first show. It's like the pilot episode. It's just myself and Brad here giving our thoughts on what we are going to do for the upcoming season. And then, you know, hopefully from week two onwards, we'll have somebody in our Grand Slam KBO studio here, Grand Slam KBO Towers, who can uh, give us some some of their insights on Korean baseball. Um, so yeah, the Sunday episodes, which I'm I'm hoping you've all listened to at some point before, on that particular show, you can... You can get all of the all of the latest news. We talk about players. We talk about injuries, trades, new players coming in, players who have been fired or players have been released, and how the table looks. But on as Brad was saying, on this particular show, the midweek edition of Grand Slam KBO, there'll be no conversation on things like that. But we are going to have our first foreign player. Uh, player of the week, the MVP of the week. And this was your idea. Do you want to um, tell us why you wanted to have like a foreign player MVP for the week? 
Well, I mean, IBOS, at least, when we talk about this together, my knowledge of the KBO, as embarrassing as this may seem, I know players based on their numbers. Uh, you know, 23, love that guy. 42, oh, hate him, terrible. But when it does come to a lot of the players that are in the league right now, there's, there's a lot of players for the Dinos, especially uh, foreign players who I know from the MLB, who I, you know, I, I, I can track their career because it's available to me. It's in my language. It's, it's, it's more accessible to me. So having a player of the week, uh, you know, a foreigner who we can focus on, see how they got here, you know, how they're doing, how they're adjusting, uh, and then, you know, hopefully one day I have them on the show. Uh, it just feeds into it all quite nicely. Yeah, there's some great foreign players here down the years. Obviously, Eric Thames is up there. Brad, uh, Bradley Hyder, who's on the normally on the Sunday edition of the show, a big fan of Eric Thames. That's cool. I always liked Brett Pill when he was with the Kia Tigers. Pretty clutch. I was kind of sad for him that they didn't win the championship when he was there, but Roger Bernardino was a really good pickup after him. There's obviously been so many great pitchers too. Some teams just seem to, I'm not going to say they look out. Obviously, the scouting is really good. But throughout my time in Korea, there's always been some teams that seem to recruit better or stronger when it comes to their foreign players. And I love seeing the guys who are staying here for two years or three years. Nero has Jr., who is the official KBO MVP for the month of June. Uh, he first moved to Suwon in 2017. He's still here. He's only 30. Um, so this is obviously a guy who's got great stories about KBO, clearly loves playing over here. And he's the type of guy that we really want to talk about in the show. He was actually the first foreign player that I saw play. Um, as I alluded to earlier, the first game I watched was a chump show. It was between the Kia Tigers uh, and... No, actually, I got that memory completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not remember that memory. You see, as soon as we start talking about baseball on the field, everything gets jumbled up. So let me just say, I remember watching him for the KT Wiz, and I was just like, wow, he can hit a ball. And uh, that's as in-depth as I'll get about my analysis of his play. But I mean, dear Lord, can he hit a ball? Uh, he can hit a ball so well that some might say he's probably hitting a ball the best in the league right now. And I mean, yeah, that's, that's quite a compliment. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that's a new part of our show. That's the uh, that's a segment we're going to have every week from now on, which is who is like which foreign player played the best um, for the last week. And we're not going to be excluding Korean players, obviously. In this the vast majority of the players clearly are Korean in the the KBO, but we just want to give some sort of acknowledgement to the foreign players who are playing over here. Because we, I think we know that a lot of the newer KBO fans, those who have picked up the sport over the winter time because MLB is an on and the KBO, thankfully, is <laughs> broadcast on ESPN. That I think a lot of the international viewers of KBO will obviously know a lot more of these foreign players than they will a lot of the Korean players. So. I mean, obviously, we hope that Pat Young Ho still has a great season and Trey Young for the Kia Tigers is a big season, et cetera, et cetera. But we'll just be having a foreign player MVP for every week. I must admit, I loved how you put that so softly of, uh, you know, watching the KBO during the winter time. Uh, you know, there's been nothing else. There's been, there's been no global uh, incident that has, that, that, you know, happened during this. All this yeah. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's our show. Um, I'm on Twitter, or vote on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at GrandSamKBO. You'll still find me on Sunday Podcast too. And Brad, what is your Twitter handle? Uh, embarrassingly as it is, I actually just went on my phone to find out. I can't say I'm <laughs> the most well-versed on this. Uh, my Twitter handle is probably underscore Brad. Simple. Probably underscore Brad. The guess it's him. Probably underscore Brad. That actually came from sport as well. When I used to play sport, um, if someone did something good, I always wanted to say was probably Brad. And then when I started new sport, it became probably not Brad. So it's like, well, you know, who let us down? I'd be like, oof, probably not Brad. But uh, but yeah, so that's my handle. Uh, if you see anything, probably something Brad, it's probably me. Great stuff. Okay. So that's what we're hoping to do for this year. Um, as we said, talk about what goes on behind the scenes, off the field, basically, in Korean baseball. Players, former players, journalists, and fans. And we hope to start that next week with our first interview on the new edition of Grandson KBO's midweek show. If you want to come on, of course, please just let us know. Um, we're always happy to talk to anybody who's got a story about Korean baseball. If you're watching this at all hours of the morning in a different part of the world, what makes you do that? I'd love to know what makes somebody wake up at five o'clock in the morning to watch LG twins losing again to the Doosan Bears. What could possibly inspire <laughs> you to do that? I would say insomnia. <laughs> or a, not a job that doesn't have regular nine to five hours. It's amazing how many people are watching this league at all hours of the morning in North America, especially because I, I, I remember at the beginning of the season, the games were broadcast live and then they would have a replay later on in the day. I don't know if that is still the case. I don't watch the games on ESPN. Just watch them over here on Korean mm-hmm. television. So... If people are only get, given the opportunity to watch the games live, that is a really, really big commitment. And it's, it's really cool that they're willing to do that. Like even for the sports I like, I almost never bother to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to watch a game. You'd hope that you could record it no, or it's going to be on later. I mean, the whole recording thing for me just got lost just because I know that I would wake up to messages. Um, you know, as I kind of said earlier, I'm a big football fan. My team's Arsenal. When I was back home, if Arsenal were playing Spurs, I would be screaming. You know, I'm just silly. I would scream myself silly. I would be sick the next day. I'd be screaming so loud. Now, when you wake up at 4.30 in the morning and you make yourself a cup of tea and you, you know, prop your neck up so that you don't fall asleep, it just doesn't have that same thing. So to have that drive, as you say, to just tune into a sport, a new sport, a new environment, a new country, new players, new teams. It just shows how the love for sport can make people do crazy, crazy things. Look, you mentioned this earlier on. I've seen a lot of people talking about it on Twitter and my KBO. You're really excited about this. Conan O'Brien's love of Doosan Bears. And this is part of the reason why we want to do like another show because there's clearly a market for that type of pre-baseball. It's not just about what goes on in the field. There's also obviously a lot of people are so interested in just almost the wackiness or like the brilliance or the excitement, the mystery of free baseball. What is this Conan O'Brien segment that everybody's talking about? Uh, it was released a couple of days ago. Conan O'Brien and Andy. I don't know who Andy is. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen him in some sort of comedic thing. 
but uh but yeah they were they were talking about this uh supposed uh, international thing that's happening and how it's let them bond over a certain sport in a certain country and of course it's it's talking about the players it's talking about the actions it's talking about the songs halfway through they get into a full rendition of a Dusan song which I mean my girlfriend and I would catch my girlfriend and me excuse me would 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 catch ourselves you know humming it on a random Tuesday when baseball hadn't been played for months it's about the catchiness and I mean it, it's so perfectly summed up if you haven't seen it please watch it because I mean it made me feel like I could be friends with Conan O'Brien and uh, maybe we could just have a quick sing along, but uh, but yeah, absolutely, just incredible stuff. You guys need to watch it if you haven't. Yeah, cool. So that's the audience that Green Baseball has reached this year, thankfully, and it's cool. Um, but MLB is coming back. <laughs> the window of opportunity um, to get more and more fans to watch this league is closing. It's closing. Manager, we just have to hope that a lot of the people have picked up. KBO in the springtime, late, late, late winter, early spring, will stay on board. I hope they do. Do you think we're likely to do that? Likely to keep fans? I think so. I mean, and I, and I say that based on my general hope, and this kind of might, you know, segue into our next topic, but if fans have kind of stuck by the KBO with zero atmosphere, then they're in for a treat when things start kicking back up. If they do hopefully kick back up, uh, you know, it's what got me involved in the first place. Um, so if they've stuck around for what they've seen so far, then it's only going to get better. Uh, you know, I've heard people talk about how one team used teddy bears, uh, in their crowd and how incredible that was. I mean, that's just the start of the quirkiness of this league. When I watch, I watch football as well, soccer, like you do. And when I watch games in England or Spain or Germany, since the the leagues over there, the Bundesliga, the Premier League, or whatever, has returned, I don't know if a lot of those ideas that I see filling up the stands in soccer stadiums in the United Kingdom or elsewhere in Europe has come from Korea, but it looks like it did. A lot of the stuff looks like they just copied what happened in Korea. In terms of, um, you know, like so like putting in teddy bears or putting in murals mm. or like cut out logos of, I mean, did you see like Legion United had one of Osama bin Laden? They had no idea that they had Osama bin Laden cut out cardboard. Yeah. When was this? Uh, not not too long ago, maybe two or three weeks ago. So it kind of rivals oh, the yeah. FC Seoul scandal of sex <laughs> so Somebody for me at Leeds United put Osama bin Laden inside. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm giving too much credit to KBO and the K-League soccer over here too, but it seems like a lot of the ideas that teams from different sports got in Europe and probably elsewhere, it kind of looks like a game from Korea. Maybe it didn't, but it just looks that way. I would say most of the focus on on what to do next. It's, it's, it's kind of like if you have an older sibling. I don't know if you do. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have an older sister. I mean, yeah, younger so brother, as soon as my well then maybe your younger brother did this but as soon as my older sibling would do something i would just be watching and i'd be kind of measuring it like okay 
if she's doing that, okay, she's going to fail terribly, but what can I do? It feels like that's what's happening with the KBO and with the career in general. Everyone's watching to see their next move. And if it goes bad, they're like, whew, well, I didn't try that. But career's doing well, especially with the sporting events. You know, KBO's kept on going. There's been no major shocks with people testing positive. And it seems like in the NBA, people test positive every five seconds. So... You know, most of the things I see on the, it's, it's, it's scary, uh, especially because it makes you wonder what type of lifestyles are they living during a pandemic? Why are they not just staying inside? But, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there's been certain social things happening in America where people need to actually make themselves heard. But other than that, um, Korea is doing it right in, in, in terms of sport, in terms of how to present games in a way that's safe. But once again, that does kind of lead to the KBO kind of ripping out a part of what makes it special. You know, someone with a crazy hairstyle just cutting it all off completely. That's what KBO has done by losing its fans. And with their new you know, plans that they had to kind of introduce 30% of the stadium, but by cutting out almost everything that those fans can do, it's a little bit scary. So a couple of weeks ago, as we talked in the Sunday edition, the KBO hoped to have fans back on a Friday, two weeks ago, maybe. Friday, two weeks ago. July 1st, wasn't it? Yeah, three weeks ago then. It didn't work out, and it just went silent. Just suddenly, it just disappeared. And then a lot of people were on different apps and websites trying to get some tickets and they couldn't, but it didn't seem like an official announcement. It just didn't happen. Like, the games just mm. went ahead the Friday that the fans were supposed to be back in. And then since then, there's been almost no talk about it from what I can see. I mean, very, very, very little discussion on when this could happen again. So they did have some ideas uh, that they wanted to introduce to bring fans back in. And there was so much complaints about them I was kind of surprised I really don't care if I'm not able to drink in my seat or if I can't sit beside a friend directly beside them I don't care if there's a gap between me and that person and that person there's a gap between the next person do you really care if you were able to go to Jamshell on Saturday to watch the Doosan Bears play would you care if you couldn't sit beside your girlfriend or some of your friends and you couldn't drink at your seat would it really spoil the whole occasion could you, I mean, could you put up with it for a the, year? That, that's the whole reason I buy the ticket to sit next to my girlfriend. It's it's the only opportunity we get to sit next to each other. Now that we're separated by three other seats, it's just heartbreaking. Um, no, I mean, it's not so much of a killer. I must admit, something that's big in Korean baseball is the singing. I'm not much of a singer. Uh, you know, even if I'm alone, I kind of have to check, you know, if anyone's in the house, just double check, triple check to make sure that I can then start singing. When it's in front of 9,000 people, I kind of do tend to be on the shy side. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. But at the same time, it's a strange thing to imagine to go to a baseball stadium and there being no songs and there's people drinking, you know, vitamin water. And I don't even know what snack they would have. But um, would it ruin the game? No. I'm a little bit different from you in that I think it would be a strange experience. You know, maybe it's like the second date or like, you know, your first date with an ex and you don't know really where you are. Like you had certain understandings beforehand, but now you're like, Ish, do we still have our secret handshake? So I'm a little bit 
little bit nervous to what it would be, especially because I don't think it would go so smoothly in the beginning, especially with fans here. They are, they are passionate for their teams. You know, people love their teams as in any sport. Mm. And it, it would be quite some scenes to see someone, you know, start singing and the police just take them out. Uh, but yeah, it would, it would definitely be an experience. What would you propose then? What is, I know like neither of us are doctors, we're not scientists, we're not um, virologists, we're nothing. We're just, we're just working over in Korea, we're completely <laughs> wow. related. Thanks. I have no good ideas for how fans can go back, none, because I just don't understand. I saw this really good graph that was released, somebody posted this online recently, it was from Texas, and it was kind of ranked from very, very low to very high chances of, or like where you're most at risk of COVID-19. And sporting arena was at the top. It was right there. It was up there with going to a concert and going to a nightclub, let's say. Whereas playing golf was considered obviously low, moderate, or extremely low chance. And then in the going to the beach would be in the middle of all that. And there's a risk, but it's not really that high. Um, so given that there seems to be, given that there is a lot of research to show that going to a busy ballpark football stadium or rugby stadium, whatever it is, definitely increases your chances of getting COVID-19. What solution would you have to bring fans in, bearing in mind all of this? Well, it kind of sounded, I was, I, was, I was waiting for you to suggest that people are playing baseball at beaches and golf, uh, golf grounds, which I was going to get quite excited for. Um, something, you know, at least in Korea, Korea is te- technologically advanced. It, it has the resources. It wouldn't be hard to to have some sort of projection behind certain, you know, parts of the stadium or at least in the grounds where, who knows, maybe we have a, a 5,000 people Zoom call and you have this incredibly distracting uh, montage of, of fans watching the game uh, from the comfort of their own homes. Maybe that's something that can happen. It might cause pitchers to, you know, get incredibly dizzy and throw up, but... There's there's something that can be done. Uh, I think the cardboard cutouts, maybe this is a controversial opinion, I think they're a little bit stupid, um, especially because I find that if I'm watching someone, you know, about to step up to the plate, I'm kind of just looking at the faces behind. And instead of, you know, watching a particular strike or a swing or whatever it is, I'll just talk to the person next to me um, about, well, oof, you see that guy's hair? Looks a little bit strange, doesn't he? So... Cardboard cutouts for me, a little bit lame. Is there anything that you've been uh, taken to that's kind of been a stand-in for, for fans? No, nothing. I mean, I, I do like how in, it doesn't exist in KBO, but in the K-League and across Europe, they do have the fake cheering or the you know examples of cheering from the past, and they've inserted that into the game. It's interesting enough to hear that for a while, but honestly, I don't, I don't really care. When I'm watching, I watch a lot of baseball on TV over here. And I listen to it with a commentary on. And it sounds weird. I love being able to hear the sound of the ball off the bat, though, and the, the catcher getting one like really clean. It's really cool. And then, you know, you mm. see a guy chasing down a fly ball, and it's the sound of it coming off his, off his glove is really cool. In terms of like what they've done and with banners or is it like cardboard cutout stuff? I, I really, I really don't care. It doesn't mean a huge amount to me. I really appreciate the effort that they're putting in. 
especially the NC Dinos, they seem to have tapped into their international fan base really hard. They've done a really good job with that. But it's it's not for me. It's either we're at the stadium or I'm just going to watch it on TV. But the other stuff, I said, like, I appreciate the effort that they've done, but it means nothing to me. I mean, the KBO is definitely pushed to include people at home. I don't know if you've seen, but when you actually go online, at least in Korea, to watch the game, you can choose a dedicated stream that focuses on the cheerleaders and the hype men. And you can just watch them. You don't even have to watch the game. It is, it, I mean, it's an experience in itself. Um, I you think know, the if, you, if you think you know baseball. Yeah, I think the commentary has changed a little bit as well. And there may be... It hasn't, and I'm just imagining this, but I think often, and it's it's totally natural, I've done commentary before, and you get swept up in the noise or the emotion of what's going mm-hmm. on, emotion of what's going on in the stadium. But I think now, without the fans, I think the commentary teams are, uh, they're able maybe just to see the ball a little bit better. They're not kind of wrapped up in the emotion. Like, they think that ball is going to clear the fence when you know it's not going to. But I think the, mm-hmm. that initial burst of excitement when the ball comes off the bat I think they don't have that at the moment because the, the noise isn't there as much I think you're probably getting I don't know maybe there's nothing to back this up but I think you might be getting slightly better um, commentary of games and as a result of that um, because they're not getting like, I think you're definitely excited. getting you're definitely getting more commentary uh, some MLB teams have started to do inter-squad matches um, and I've been watching a couple of those and you definitely get some insights that you wouldn't have if it was a normal game. I think it's also calling on the commentators uh, to really dig deep because they're having to reach you know, new ideas, talk about new things, talk to new people. I've heard uh, you know, uh, commentators now reading tweets, you know, live tweeting as the game's going. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. I mean, if anyone has any ideas for what they think could be done, we'll, we'll give you a budget of a hundred million dollars. See if you can come up with anything worthwhile. But uh, but yes, um, the only thing that does make me nervous about this, as as a sports fan, is when you know when will sports be what we knew a year and a half ago? When will just general outings to a stadium not include you know a pint of hand sanitizer and three squirts of beer? It's 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 going to be an interesting time. I went to, I'm, I guess I'm fortunate enough. I have seen live sports in 2020 and not in January, but I saw live sport in February. I went to see two soccer games here, FC Solo playing on Tuesday night with Brad, Bradley Heider, does the other podcast. We went to see an Asian Champions League game. And that was just around the time COVID-19 was beginning to spread into Korea. There was a couple of signs up inside Seoul World Cup Stadium, but there was no hand sanitizer, there was no mask. It was very much a, we're not sure what's going on here, but this doesn't look good. But three weeks later, maybe, I went to the Suwon World Cup Stadium to see the Suwon Blue Wings against Visa Kobe in an Asian Champions League game. And that was the last, as far as I know, I'm 100% sure it is, that was the last live game broadcast in Korea a lot, that was the last live game in Korea with fans at it. That was on February the 19th. And it was, I think it was that day when the whole Daegu situation, um, the whole Daegu situation kind of, you know, really exploded. Uh, we had to get our temperature taken and we had to fill out a form and we had to have hand sanitizer. And obviously if it's above 
0.5. You can't enter the stadium. You must have a mask, all these type of things. And it was really bizarre. And then you go into the stadium and the masks are off, you know, and everybody's huddled together. <laughs> but in order to get into yeah. the stadium, you had to follow these rules. And that could be what we're looking at when we go back in. But as I said, it makes you nervous. Me too. I don't know when this is going to happen. So look, let's just hope for the best, you know, like obviously it sounds like it sounds so vague, but let's just hope for the best. But I am pessimistic of our chances of seeing live sport here definitely before September. Definitely. This year, I'm not yeah, sure. Uh, I'd be surprised if we get to go to a ballpark or a soccer stadium this year. Likewise. Right. Well, that's um, our first show done for this midweek one. As we said, we will hopefully have some uh, guests on starting next week and we can share our experiences of what makes Korean baseball so fun and they can do exactly the same thing for us. And I'm looking forward to that. I love how we managed to end on such a positive note for our first uh, <laughs> version of this. We're probably not going to see sport as we know it for the next foreseeable, you know, 10 years. But, but stay yes, tuned. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Where we talk about watching sport in the stadium. Uh, <laughs> sounds like fun. Cool. Well, that's it for us. We'll be back next week and we will have our first midweek edition of Grand Slam KBO for you then a tidier show and we hope you can stay tuned and listen to that I'm Andrew Farrell and you can find me on Twitter at Grand Slam KBO or on YouTube and Facebook too and I'll be joined today by I'm Brad Denae you can find me on Twitter at probably underscore Brad and bye bye you'll probably end up seeing a lot of Brad Denae on Twitter for the next eight months or so any baseball player in Korea is going to get tagged in numerous uh, posts <laughs> here on in. So, cool. thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.